Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is The Big Payoff with Rachel Bellow and Suzanne Mushin. Business partners and best friends. They take on Chicago's big business stories, and they'll take on you, too. Welcome to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne Mushin, and I'm here with my longtime business partner, Rachel Bellow. And over the last 20 years, we've built and funded and sold companies that have all had one thing in common, which is making world-changing ideas matter to more people. So this podcast is for entrepreneurs and also those curious about entrepreneurs who are on a mission that's bigger than their company, bigger than their product, bigger than their service. And that's not a moral thing. Being on a mission is what motivates you. It's what gets you up out of bed and gives you meaning to your day, to your life. And it gives you a life you don't need a vacation from. And that's what we mean by the big payoff. And so each week we talk about what it looks like when money and meaning come together. And we bring people on to the podcast who are living that ideal out every single day in really interesting ways. Right. And today we're talking about a kind of currency that you don't think about but that you need to get your hands on. It actually goes back to high school. It's a kind of currency that you need starting then. And it's not Bitcoin. It's people. It's your people. The people you hang out with will ultimately determine the future in ways that you don't even realize. But you will when you're done listening to this show. And when you're done listening to our guest, Dee Dunn, who's coming on later in the show, she's someone who knows exactly what we're talking about. She managed to convert her community into an app that is simple and powerful and super smart. I mean, one of those ideas, Suzanne, where when you hear it, you go, how can this not already exist? And she has her people to thank for it. Right. So it was a great weekend last weekend, Rachel. I had my son Ryan's graduation from the University of Illinois from the business school. And, you know, it was one of these graduation speeches that was so full of cliches. I feel I felt like I needed to have like a, a cliche meter. Like, right. I've heard that one 20 times. But I, But the guy was very warm and genuine. But he did say one thing that stopped me in my tracks. And it was cliche, but it is so relevant to what we're talking about today, which is he said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Actually, that's so interesting because my younger daughter is going back to graduate school after having been out of school for a year, and she's going to Columbia. And when everybody is asking her why she's doing it, because she's going to incur a lot of debt to do that, it is not some big intellectual motivation. It's not that she's dying to be this or that or, or even that she needs this degree. She's super clear, Suzanne, that it's about getting into the flow of a group of people who are more interesting than the ones to which she has access. I mean, that – see, I think that people think about that choice – I mean, I could – 
push you and say, well, that sounds a little snobby. Like, does right. that, but is it, it really, like Columbia? Like, do you feel like yeah, she needs to be not, among intellects? No, it means that she has to upgrade the conversations that she's having every day. Because right now she's like working at a yoga studio. She's happy. She's waitressing. She's bartending. It's fine, but very rand and tindering and very random, you know, associations and they're not predictably interesting conversations. So that's what she's upgrading. It's not about getting Columbia on her resume. It's I really mean, not. it really is about wanting your community to be your currency. Rachel, somebody was on the phone with me this last week. He's a lives in Minneapolis and he's an ad guy. And he was introduced to me by an old friend of mine from my Teach for America days. And when I say old friend, I'm talking about going back 20, 25 years. And so this guy on the phone said to me, so how do you know Scott, my Teach for America friend? And I said, oh, we worked together 25 years ago. And I heard him pause like, really? And that gave you reason to take this call with me today? So I answered the question for him. And I said, you know what? That community, that family, that group that I chose to join right after college remains my currency today. Those were the people who built my values, who shaped my career, who influenced me. And that's what we're talking about. You want that community. And that's, that's Rachel, sometimes it's a really conscious choice well, to go a, after that's that. That's the point. It should be and must be a conscious choice. In other words, you know when you're in a group of people who share the same passions, the same values. And we're going to talk to Dee about this later. I'm sure she didn't just trip and fall into the design community. It was a passion. And then she discovered all the people who are similarly passionate about design. And you need that conscious understanding that I feel like myself here. I feel – first of all, I always tell my daughters, whom do you want to learn from? Because in the end, when you get into this community, you're going to be in that stream for 20 years in various incarnations. What do you want to learn? That's because such a good, don't such go into the fashion industry if you don't really want to learn anything about that. It's such a good reframing, right? What do I want to learn? Who, who's, and who from? And who from? I mean, look, if I were giving a graduation speech, this is the speech I really would be giving, right? This would be the most helpful charge to a group of graduates yeah. out there to say, find the group of people who will be more interesting than your current group of friends, more provocative, more edgy, give you something that you don't have right now. And because... Not out of snobbery, but because that will become your currency later in exactly. life. Exactly. And we are, you know, what we aspire to. And so what are you aspiring to? The interesting thing is so many Ivy League schools make it seem as if you need to be the smartest, most imaginative, most original thinker in the room. And that's not really the point. The point is, do you know how to consciously surround yourself with people who are smarter, more imaginative, and more original without feeling threatened because they will pull you along? Suzanne, every time I see a biography of the best and brightest, you know, Ugh. cliche years of the Kennedy years, yeah. you realize there were a bunch of losers in that group, <laughs> in addition to some extraordinary people. But they were not all extraordinary, but they got carried along like a group of lemmings in a stream. And then this is the key to it. How do you then flip that network into currency? I mean, right. really. What does that actually mean? What does How that do you actually make mean? money off? I mean, it isn't the question that I've heard so many times and to which I always go, trust me, there's no answer to this question. The question is, 
How do I monetize my network? I have heard that from a hundred people. You can't monetize a network. You can somehow figure out a way that that network becomes the fuel for or the driver of, but it isn't about turning frontally to the network and go, should I charge people for introductions? It's like, that's just no, not how it but works. But I will tell you, so my husband, David, is the master of this. He has built his career as a lawyer on flipping his network. And I don't want to be crass about this. It's not that he flips them all into clients, but he flips them into a kind of thermal behind right. him that a makes him thermal. totally, that lets him punch above his weight because it's a collective thing. It's an echo chamber. It's allowing well, him. Well, that's why like, there's this controversy about women not being allowed yes. into golf clubs and other kinds of exclusive clubs. It's like, who are you kidding? That is your network building. That is a currency that you are not allowing us access to. Right. This is the real. This is a question. Not that, that I, I want to play golf. Me neither. This is really a question I want to ask Dee about, though. Is it, there's this moment of awkwardness when you've really invested in a network where you ask them for something. Yeah. Well, and and you and I sort of have that all the time because we're look. I mean, we're killing to eat, right? So we're always on the prowl, and and yet. There's a very protective thing that you and I both have right. because we're very conscious of both the moment that we ask for something from our network and what are we asking I for. I think this is a huge issue more with women than with men. And I'm sorry to always bring up the gendered specificity is, here, but, but this is, that's, women this is right. feel as if they should be giving, giving, generous, generous, generous. Don't be silly. I don't need anything. No. I. And men always have this throwaway line at the end of meetings. At the end of a meeting of two hours, it is very common for me, meeting with a man, where I've helped him shape his presentation, think about his business, strategize his you know, divorce from his wife, every single conversation we could have where I'm like, how can I help you? And at the very end, when he knows we have two minutes left in the conversation, he goes, so what can I do for you? Right. How can I help you? How can I help you? And it's like, dude. We're done. Yeah. I mean, we're out of time. Yeah. I actually did. Men don't do that. I, no, but I took a page out of that book yesterday. I was on the phone with an entrepreneur who took you know 30 minutes of my time. I got nothing out of it. And at some point, I said, well, what would a guy do to get off this phone? And so as we're winding down the conversation, I said, so how can I help you? That's, the, that's what my boss- How can I help you? My, my greatest boss I ever had, Bill Bowen, used to begin meetings- where he knew this is not where I want to be, but I'm going to be gracious about it. He would walk in to the meeting and say, so how can I help you? And it would cut out all of that schmooze and all of that bullshit that is just time wasting. And they usually were sputtering. So let's get um, Dee into the room right after the break. We're going to be talking to Dee Dunn, who's the creator of the app Design Fix. And she's going to tell you how to spell it because it's not what you think. We're going to have her talking to us in the studio about how you convert your network into a real thriving business and how that happens. So we'll be back talking to Dee Dunn after this short break. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne Mushin, and I'm here with my longtime business partner, Rachel Bellow. And today we're talking about the question of how you convert your network into currency. How do you actually create something 
meaningful from a business point of view out of your currency. We have a great guest with us today. Dee Dunn is creating an app. She has created an app called Design Fix, which is spelled D-S-G-N. So you just take out the E and the I (laughs) from design and then design fix. Go onto iTunes. You can get the app on iTunes. And it's really an amazing example of how the community of people, the global community of people, not all professionals in the design world, upload images that catch their eye from a design perspective and create this massive living archive of wonderful design places, moments, everything from a corner in a room to a building to a restaurant that you can then gain access to when you go to that place. It's a great idea. And, you know, we talk about demonetizing or, you know, converting her community to currency, and I don't want her to seem like a social butterfly. So let me give you a bit of her background creds. She's always been a creative leader and a catalyst, but she's been passionate about education in the design community. And in fact, when she was the director of education at the Cooper Hewitt National Design Museum at the Smithsonian, she won the first Educational Achievement Award in 2004. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So she's clearly had a passion in addition to a community. She's had a real passion about getting design out to the masses, getting something that is normally very, you know, private and some somewhat intimidating for everyone to understand. But in the process, well, let me ask you this, Dee. In the process of doing that, you obviously over many years built a community of people who care about design. Those were your friends. That was your network. And is that what gave you the idea and the courage to launch this company? I was very, very lucky to, over the past 30 years, have an opportunity working in in all kinds of museums and places, opportunity to work directly with the creative community, artists, architects, designers. And I learned from them and was inspired by how they saw and experienced the world. And my job was often to be the bridge builder between what I learned from them and my access to them and everyone else. I wanted to invite everyone else in. As an educator, it really supported my interest in visual literacy. Cooper Hewitt is in Andrew Carnegie's mansion. I've done projects for the Carnegie Corporation. Andrew Carnegie is why most communities across the country and in the English-speaking world have a public library. Right. And But it's a 20th century idea, really. It's, it's a fairly new idea. By making libraries part of communities, he made reading and writing and what we think of as literacy a right of citizenship. No one would not defend our need as citizens to be literate. Yet we live in a visual world. Where are we exercising the skills relevant to visual literacy, the ability to look carefully at the world around us, 
articulate what we see, draw meaningful conclusions from our observation, and then use those tools to promote change. And so is that the mission of Design Fix? It fueled my passion for education working with designers. And at a time when art was sadly disappearing from our public education, I was very hard at work bringing art and design back in to education, not just into our schools, not just into the context of museums, but seeing the whole world as a resource for design education. So you leave Cooper Hewitt and you go, I know exactly what I want to do, or how did this grow on you? Well, I worked with a professional organization for graphic and communication designers. I helped open the Philip Johnson Glass House to the public. I worked with a small army of artists to lead the next great American journey where art would be positioned as a catalyst to engage people in conversation. So with the Smithsonian and with that art project, working with the wonderful artist Eric Fischel, I traveled all around the country. And wherever I went, I had the currency of my connections to the architects and designers there to learn about that place. And I could take you to what many people would consider the middle of nowhere and show you things that would knock your socks off. One of my partners in Design Fix, the creative director, uh, Chuck Ruthier, he and his wife, and we've all been there. They were in St. Louis, family wedding. You have half a day. You want to do something cool. No one could show them what interested them most. Mid-century modernism, a vintage store. You know, the Chamber of Commerce would Right. Be if you helpful. go to the concierge at your hotel, he'll say, well, you can shop at Neiman's. They even said, don't go there. Because <laughs> art- artists and designers are interested in the high and the low. But- You know, we all, had he known, and we all know this when we travel, it depends on who you know when you're there and what they recommend for you to do because Mm. they know you. So we're building, we have, we're part of this great affinity group of the creative community. And also I found in my previous work that I'm trying to offer a different opportunity to is how siloed the professions are in art and design. And even artists from designers and architects from designers and one kind of designer for another, professional organizations and institutions serve a great purpose. But frankly, if I'm in St. Louis or if I'm in Des Moines, I don't care if it's a graphic designer or an architect or an artist that recommends a place for a great stroll, which is what I always look for when I travel. You know, where's a great view that I can stroll to? To get to know a place. So it's really just the visual perspective on the world, and I don't care where that comes from. I'm but so I- inspired by the lens designers and architects and artists have to the world. I love that. And Design Fix makes that lens. It's a place where they can share what inspires them, destinations and experiences in their own communities. And when they travel, and again, on social media, I get this every day. I'm going to Helsinki. Where should I go? I'm going here. So but so is this like Yelp? Is this like what is the... It's, it's Yelp is too messy for us. Mm. It's too much. And when I read uh, recommendations on Yelp, I want to know. I don't know who these people are, and they might just like a restaurant because it has a clean bathroom, right? Um, So we're an affinity group, you know. As as social networks are bigger and bigger and bigger, what's your affinity? Who are your five friends? And this app is a place we can meet, share, explore together. Um, and we, it, it's an app that all the postings, they're curated content, and then there are user-generated content. But we can like, we can comment, um, we can follow people whose posts inspire us. And D, is there a revenue model on it? 
We have several um, ideas and opportunities from offering ads to uh, white labeling. Um, our engine can be very useful to another company or a hotel group whose market is the creative community, and it can look like their brand, but it's engined by us. Um, and I'm really having fun right now. And as we've during our launch year, we've partnered with Open House New York and uh, New York City and Co., which is the tourist bureau of New York City during oh, course, New York City by bureaus. Design. So during New York City by Design, which were two weeks of all kinds of experiences, shows, like installations, design, yeah. crazy wonderful for the creative community. But there are a lot of things to do. So in our curator tile for New York City by Design, you could push that tile and get not only a listing of everything that was being offered, but every listing corresponds to a map. See, so this, it shows you where you are and where that the destination is. That just seems is. like the opportunity here from just a monetization point of view is to say, if you can give me a better experience wherever I go through the lens that your community has, people are going to benefit from that. Shops, stores, cultural institutions, hotels, hotels restaurants. Tourists, right. I mean, you are the Gwyneth Paltrow. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, scratch that. But no, but this is, so we were talking earlier in the show about, so you have this network, you've built it over a long period of time. They trust you. And you trust them And as you curators. trust them. Right. How hard was it to get them to sign up for what's basically a, a business manifestation? I mean, you're not just doing this as a hobby, right? You're trying to build build a company. Well, our, curated, our curators look great on Design Fix, and many of them... Uh, Ken Brown, for instance, has spent 30 years on his bike documenting wall art and public art all wow. throughout New York City. And we give him a new profile. So right. So you're offering a platform him. to them. Absolutely. It's a value exchange. What really interested me was what you said earlier about as social networks become so massive, there is a need for affinity and for a more narrow uh, understanding of who is – what's the human curatorial eye here? I mean as we all say, cura curatorship is sort of the word of this part of the decade and that's what you're doing. You've really locked down on both the community of experts, quote unquote, and making that accessible to all. I love that. And I also think in our world right now, the creative community – has currency. You read it. You hear about it every day. Everyone wants in. They want to demystify who these people are in the right. world and, and get some of shaping. that for themselves. Absolutely. We need inspiration as a currency among the creative community. And they're not just, oh, on the side, I'll check out something cool when I travel. They have to. So they the, absolutely have to. What I'm taking away from you, which is so helpful, two really big ideas. One is this, you have to take care of your community. You have to have a value exchange. Have a value exchange, and you really have to take care of them so that when you're offering them something, there's trust there, and there's a, a, an explicit agreement, spoken or unspoken, that this is going to be good for everybody. And the other thing is that it has to be so authentic. I mean, you're talking about building a community. This one's been built over how many years? I mean, for me, 30 years plus. So yeah. you they know. know where you're coming from. They know that this is real and not just, you know, That's Mark Zuckerberg you, flying in overnight. You get going, started back yeah. to our original segment. You get started right after college. I mean, that community, maybe back in high school. I mean, this is, it takes time. 
It takes time. Dee, thank you so much for joining us on our show. Tell people again where they can find Design Fix. Yes, designfix.com, D-S-G-N-F-I-X. We have a website. You can download the app on our website and you can download it through the app store. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on our show. We'll be back to the big payoff after this short break. You can't count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three, two, and you'll be there. Cause that's what friends are supposed to do. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne Mushin. I'm here with Rachel Bellow. And Rachel, today's conversation was so timely because we really are sending a bunch of graduates out into the world. We have all these young people who are coming to us for advice and other people for career advice. And the thing that we were talking about today that I think is the big takeaway is the community that you consciously build becomes your currency. You know, you're going to hear all kinds of advice when you come out of college about where you work and what job you do. And it's not the where or the what. It's the whom. Whom do you want to learn from? Whom do you feel are going to be your people who are going to lift you and carry you for the next 40 years of your life? Yeah. And I also love what Dee said, which is, and then you create a value exchange with that community. I mean, I love the fact that by the time she went to ask her community for something, when she needed their help, it was already so obvious that it was going to be a value exchange. Why wouldn't I help you? You've helped me for the last 30 years. We've had it. You know, I trust you. I know that this is not going to be a one-way street. Right. It's just, it's great stuff. So if you want to continue this conversation, you need to listen to the show each week on WGN+. Plus. You can download the app, the WGN Plus app from the iTunes store. You can follow us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio. Or you can like our Facebook page, Big Payoff Media on Facebook. We'll be back to the Big Payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne. <laughs> 